Could investors be making a big mistake by largely dismissing the impact of the coronavirus as stocks continue to hit new highs? New questions after a warning from Apple and some other companies, plus the results of our latest Money Friends poll and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories. With thought leaders from across the financial landscape, we break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Big thanks to Joust for supporting Money with Friends. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. PayArmor, which is Joust invoice payment guarantee product, supports the 71% of the gig economy workforce that sometimes doesn't get paid. You can sign up for Joust for free at try.joust.com forward slash MWF and enter the promo code MONEYWITHFRIENDS and you'll get $100 in credits. That's try.joust.com slash mwf and uh it's tough day not getting paid and it looks like uh, apple in the news because some investors may not be getting paid what they think with uh earnings what they think um they were projected to get before the last few days yeah apple and um just before we came on i think procter and gamble just had a uh, a warning as well so um more companies are talking about this and I've got a, a I've got a, a a local big guy in the exchange traded fund market talking about this online too that we'll talk about. So lots to discuss. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Tara from Rise Up. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news, that's why I tune in to Money with Friends. Okay, this story comes to us from Market Watch. It is by Caroline Baum, and I do want to point out this is an opinion piece. Okay, an opinion piece. Could Apple be the canary in the coal mine for coronavirus? Markets have been too optimistic about how much the coronavirus will hurt U.S. companies and the economy. On Monday, Apple became one of the first U.S. companies to warn that it would miss its current quarter revenue target as a result of the coronavirus, which has constrained iPhone production and curtailed demand for its products in China. Until now, at least based on the stock market's what-me-worry attitude, the disease, now designated COVID-19 was expected to dent first quarter growth, not only in China, but in countries across Asia and Europe and in the U.S., followed by a rapid bounce back in the second quarter. But as time passes, the number of infected people and deaths mount. The level of uncertainty over the accuracy of information emanating from China's centrally controlled economy grows, and the breadth of the effects on global supply and demand becomes obvious. It may be that markets are too optimistic about the hit to growth from the coronavirus and the likelihood of a swift rebound. The enthusiasm is curious, to say the least. It's not as if the global economy barreled into the first quarter of 2020 with a head of steam. The eurozone grew at a scant 0.1 percent. 
not annualized in the fourth quarter. Germany, Europe's manufacturing powerhouse, posted no growth. The virus will further hurt German exports, which were already hammered by trade tensions last year. Japan, the world's third largest economy after the U.S. and China, just reported an annualized 6.3% decline in real gross domestic product in the fourth quarter, whacked by a triple whammy of a sales tax increase, the aftermath of typhoon Hagibis, and trade tensions. Uh, Add to that, the hit from the coronavirus to its exports to China, Chinese tourism in Japan, and the manufacturing output from a dearth of Chinese parts, and Japan can be looking at a dismal first quarter. Some analysts are even expecting an outright decline in first quarter GDP growth in China, despite what will be reported. Uh, China's GDP numbers have been historically challenged on their accuracy. I want to kick this off, by the way, by talking about a gentleman here in Detroit, uh, the head of ASCI funds, and a guy that uh, was at the forefront front of, of the explosion of exchange traded fund. His name is Phil Back. Phil was just on social media in the last couple of days, Bobby, talking about how the fact that the Chinese stock markets have not been rumbling at all because of this gives us all pause. And he said, no, seriously, people kind of go, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, no, that is serious news. The fact that that we always talk about Chinese numbers, we have trouble with are they real or not the chinese stock market doing nothing but the u.s stock market u.s stocks apple p and g starting to uh shake yeah and just to elaborate on that p and g news so this came out um just as we were about to start taping procter and gamble warns the coronavirus will have material impact on march quarter earnings and they talk about the fact that it's creating supply and demand challenges in china which is its second biggest market with many stores closed or operating reduced hours and that the company is expecting the virus to materially impact earnings for the January to March quarter in China and for the overall company. So I think that is very important. Um, it just, we don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. But So this is not an Apple issue. Um, certainly Apple is a company that is highly tied to China. But this is something that a lot of global companies, I believe, are going to increasingly be addressing. Do you see all the stuff about Shanghai Disney? I didn't see that, Joe. That park is completely closed down. And the huge amount of money that Disney's losing every single day there. And uh, we do this live uh, with friends on Facebook. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show, head to uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins, the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page. Melissa's hanging out with us, and she's had a career in the auto industry. Melissa says, automakers are reporting plant shutdowns due to part shortages caused by coronavirus. First quarter profits should be lower. GM in particular would be harder hit due to the prior strike causing lower part volumes for production repair. And uh, Dylan uh, answers, he says, lots of factories are shutting down in fashion. They're diverting production to other countries. What you were just talking about, Bobby. Uh, in the meantime, uh, pretty, pretty interesting stuff that I know, I know even on a personal basis. So people that, that, that know me know I'm a fan of board games. And when you look at new games coming out every year, I just got an email from a game that I, I, I backed on Kickstarter saying that the game's going to be held up by at least a quarter because the factory where they make the board game that I backed is going to be shut down or, or is shut down. And they're not sure when it's going to open it. By the way, they also say that the Chinese government says it will be open within the month but then the 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 wording from the board game company followed that up with, but that seems pretty optimistic to us. 
everything that everybody's saying is that there might be more optimism here uh, officially than there probably should be. Right. And and that's really for two major reasons. The first one, as you alluded to, is that the Chinese government does have a history of not always being completely transparent with the truth, let's say. And then also, we also just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with this virus. They could find a solution to it any minute now or not for a long time. We don't know. And so, so many unknowns. And traditionally, the stock market does not like uncertainty. So it is a bit of a mystery why we aren't seeing more of a reaction. I don't know. And and to put to put my comments in context, Dylan did a great job. He said no with like five O's, not the board games, the humanity. Yeah, clearly not the end of the world, by the way. A lot of other uh, a lot of other things that are probably going to be hit harder than Joe's board game collection. But uh, but, but, but let's talk about this because uh, Kevin hanging out with us brings up a good point, Bobby. He says this is a potential buying opportunity for healthcare pharma stocks. You know, I'm hearing analysts look back at uh, at, at other things like. SARS. There was a virus out of the Middle East. I'm not going to get the uh, get the name that also was here. And then remember, SARS was huge, and then bam, it was gone. It was just right. it, it just it just disappeared, and it was over. Uh, same thing, same thing for this other virus. Jeez, I wish I had the name, but the um, but possibly we don't know. But possibly that's the case here too. My point has always been: I want the market to either go up or go down. When it goes down, if I'm a long-term investor, it gives me it gives me another opportunity, not just for healthcare and pharmaceutical stocks. I mean, uh, uh, Kevin points out those obvious places, but look at this news about Apple. Look at what Melissa said about General Motors. Look at what we talked about about Disney, about all these P and G, about all these different things. Even if you're a wide index investor, this is another reason to look at your at your budget and say. If I'm behind on my goals, can I save more and not look at the, the, the bad news that we're talking about with this piece? Look at the good news that probably occurs five years from now because you had the opportunity when the market went down again. The market going down, not a bad thing. It has not really gone down. We had record highs. Well, no, that's true. And, and, and I guess that's the point is are we all being too optimistic? And uh, there's all these warnings starting to come across. But if it does go down, maybe it is a buying opportunity. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, we talk a lot about index and mutual fund investing here and long-term investing. Not everyone and not everyone's entire portfolio is in that um, mode. There are people that invest in individual stocks. They make their own mutual fund effectively or not. Um, Some people make big bets on a few specific stocks. That's their technique. That's what works for them. And not everyone is in it for their retirement account. They might have that and have other accounts that maybe are short-term trading. Maybe if you're a short or medium-term trader and you trade individual stocks, this is a time to think about where are opportunities to find you know, pockets where you could see growth because of this, or maybe there's st- stocks that you want to take a break from. There's, you know, you never, what's that expression? You never lose money taking a profit. So you can think about this and make some decisions depending on what you believe but disruptions like this and un- sort of um, uncertainty do present opportunity depending on how you approach the market. I like your advice for individual stock traders, but I'll even broaden that out for broad-based investors, people just using ETFs and keeping a broad, diversified approach. 
I hear often people say, you know what, you ignore stuff like this. You just keep your 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 focus long term. I will tell you, being in the trenches in the past with lots of families, that it's very difficult to keep your eye on the long term when everything is burning around you. I learned that from 2000 to 2002 and again in 2007, 2008. So I do like paying attention to this news, not to make changes, Bobby, but you know why? Because when things start falling apart, which they might... I have some some idea in my head about why it's happening. So I used to think that that uh, uh, I used to be afraid of flying, and when and every time the plane would bank, I thought that the pilots up at the front of the plane were going crazy, and as something had happened, there'd been a heart attack, or there was there was problems with the plane, and I was sure that we were headed into this spin, and we were all going to die, and then. And then I started playing Microsoft Flight Simulator a little bit. A friend of mine had it, and I flew some planes, and I tried to fly in and out of Migfield out, out on the Chicago waterfront. And what I learned was that planes have these, at the time they were VORs, I don't know if this is still how it works, but they had these spots, and they would fly the system. And this was all programmed ahead of time. And you know what happened? I went from being afraid of flying to every time the plane would bank or would turn I knew that we probably hit another spot along the system and we were just doing it. So it it didn't change what I did. I sat in my seat and did the same thing I was going to do anyway, Bobby. But at the same time, I felt far more comfortable doing nothing. Uh, I wasn't going to panic about the plane ride. And I think there's a lot of, uh, I think that analogy works pretty well here. See what our Instagram friends at Money Friends Pod had to say. And by the way, Joe, I just sent you the write-in responses to your... um, messages to your text. But I want to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot as I always do. Uh, We asked them after Apple said its earnings would be impacted by the coronavirus, are you paying more attention to the business impact? The choices were, yes, it's getting real or not worried yet. What do you think our money friends said? I think the answer should be this is this is my opinion. I think the answer should be yes. It's getting real. However, I feel like uh, I feel like our friends and fans of the show are people who have either been doing this a long time or they know what they think the right answer should be, uh, which is nope, not having an impact, so staying the course. So I'm going to say seventy five percent of people saying uh, not having an impact. You're correct. It was a very strong majority saying not worried yet. And I was a little disappointed in this answer because I think it's getting real. So I'm not with the majority of our people here. But we have 93% saying not worried yet and only 7% saying it's getting real. I think um, I think the right thing to feel is is when it's getting real. The correct thing to do about it, which our audience knows, is not much. Not mm-hmm. not not yeah, much. It can be it doesn't mean you should take action, especially as we've said, if you have diversified investments that are long-term headed for your retirement or you're saving up for some other milestone like your children's college education. That's a whole different story from if you are in short-term investments with individual stocks. So Uh, different different, um, strategies for different goals. Some of the responses here, Sharik said, these things are temporary and part of the ebb and flow. We've seen this before with SARS. 
We did see this. And by the way, I love the fact that Shriek went back to history and looked at historically what happened with something like this. That also helps people not panic. Um, uh, the Annetter says, the flu kills far more people every year. This has been blown out of proportion. I'm not sure it's been blown out of proportion, but I do think that the flu does kill way, way, way more people uh, every year. We are getting ready to head to Japan, by the way. Um, and and we're already seeing them talk about the Olympics. Um, we saw the Tokyo Marathon have some issues so does it give me pause yes but then i keep reminding myself of what the netter said that far more people have problems with flu um and based on uh uh doctor's reports people that are either very young or very ill already are a lot of the victims of this not completely but but a lot of the victims so all right all right you ready for the big idea i think we call it our takeaways now well we can i i like the big idea I do like it the big idea. idea. We have big ideas. Yours it, are always big ideas. Yours I don't. I don't I'm just trying to keep up with you. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Bobby's going to get ready with her takeaway, and I've got mine. But as she gathers her thoughts, I want to say a big thanks to Joust for supporting Money with Friends. Ever thought about starting your own business? Well, perhaps you wanted to begin a side passion project, but you weren't sure where to begin. Ensuring a steady income will always be one of the first things you think of and could be the reason why you don't eventually take the leap. Joust is the nation's only all-inclusive banking platform for the self-employed. Business banking can feel complicated, but Joust makes it easy. PayArmor, which is Joust invoice payment guarantee product. And by the way, I said that fairly quickly. Those are some big words that, that, that I didn't realize how significant they are. Joust invoice payment guarantee product. That means that when you send out an invoice, they can guarantee that invoice and to know how that works just go to the joust link that we're about to share but if if you own a business you want to know how this works they're Invoice payment guarantee products support 71% of the gig economy workforce that experiences non-payment. You can sign up with Joust for free at try.joust.com forward slash MWF and enter the promo code money with friends. Get $100 in credits uh, when you do that. That's try.joust.com slash MWF. On your side. I'm sorry. It's great to have somebody on your side, especially if you have a solo business. It is. And what's cool, talking to George, uh, who will be here next week, and the team over at Joust, what's, what's, uh, what's interesting to me, too, is they're also surrounded by good people. Like the banking platform that they're built off of is with MBKC people, which are people I know from Stacking Benjamins. And, and it's, it's really exciting to see good people know good people know good people and do, do good work. Just everything I see about Joust, I love. So... Uh, go check them out. I'm glad when we asked them to sponsor our show that they said yes. Uh, Bobby, what's our takeaway here? The U.S. is a resilient country, and I think the impact continues to grow. I think that even though if the impact continues to grow, there could be an economic impact. It's just not clear yet how it plays out. We could see more manufacturing moving back to, to the United States. Maybe we'll see people simply holding on to their iPhones a little longer because supplies are tight. Maybe we'll see more of a resale market. There are so many variables here, both with Apple and with other companies that are coming forward and saying this is impacting us. I predict it will not be predictable. I I 
couldn't agree more. And I also agree that I think people are a little overly optimistic um, and not part of my takeaway. But 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 I learned a long time ago um, that that believing government statistics is difficult and every every government wants to stay in power, stay in control. And so when you start seeing government statistics, you have to think, OK, what, what, what's what's really happening in my life? And, yeah. uh, and that goes, by the way, that goes for so many governments, um, even looking in the mirror here in the U.S., you can slice and dice uh, surveys and data in many creative ways and still be technically accurate. Absolutely. I mean, the rules, just to give it, just to point to our own government, the rules around inflation changed in the late 1990s, Bobby. And since then, we've had virtually no inflation, yet the cost of everything around me has gone up a lot. So imagine that. Yeah, that's right. Looking at you, universities. Looking at me, paying those bills Jeez. for my children. Uh, every penny, Joe. Uh, my, my, <laughs> my, big, my big takeaway, though, is this, and I know that I've been accused before of having a few you know, truisms that, that I live by and that I come back to over and over. And you know what? That's because they make a lot of sense. And I do keep coming back to them. And what I'm going to come back to again today is, is, is this very, very, very strong one for me, which is... That, which is that uh, 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 looking at government statistics only when you make decisions, not the way to play. Look at what's going on in the news. Look at what's on in the media. Make sure that you surround yourself with enough surround sound from enough different places, not from the same place all the time, that you can make good decisions. I find that often we make bad decisions because more and more when we can get our news from anywhere, we insulate ourselves with people that we agree with and opinions that we agree with. I think opening that up so that you see a lot of different points of view makes it easier for you to make strong decisions instead of comfortable decisions. Um, and this is a time when maybe in the future you might have to make some strong decisions. That's really powerful, Joe, because it's true more than ever because we choose our news sources, we choose our social media feeds, and that can create a self-fulfilling bubble where we only hear from people that effectively agree with us. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's not good. The effect of that is, is is not good. I mean, my my brother in law used to work in Washington D.C. and he said that that was no fun anymore. And part of the problem was was that lawmakers used to go home and all watch the same news, and now everybody gets their news from a different source that only shows you the half that they really agree with. And it's it's very frustrating when you receive that in your social media feed. So on our high horse, I think we'll end it there, <laughs> Bobby. Bobby, I agree with everything you always say, Joe. There you go. <laughs> there, that is perfect. And that's why two person bubble here. And that is why we're friends. It's exactly why we're friends. Uh, how can people just make the show? You have these awesome uh, Instagram polls. Where do people get in on that? Yes. Our producer, Ashley Wall, and I manage our Instagram accounts at Money Friends Pod. That is also the handle for our Twitter account. And stay close to the Instagram stories because we often preview our shows there. We tell you when we're going to be taping. And we also put out those questions that we were alluding to, the questions and polls, so you can get a shout out on the show, even if you can't be here for a live taping. And coming up this week, man, we have some strong thought leaders. Tomorrow on the show, Chad Parks from Ubiquity is going to join us. The guy who sat with his uh, documentary right at the front row seat of How Retirement's Broken is joining uh, Bobby tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. On behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Well, she'll see you tomorrow back here at Money with Friends.
This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.